hear that? That's me putting the car. <laughs> That's a first right there. I put the car in the drive a little bit too quick. I was a little too excited to get the day started. And uh engine said, no, we're not doing that today. So gotta let gotta let it sit for a second. Can't just jump into it. Older car. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Welcome to the 22. A Catch-22 podcast. Oh, I wonder how the vote went last night. Had a vote last night for a loan for this condo association. I want to take a million dollar loan to do some paving. They need our help. So there's a vote last night for that, in case you're interested. And super local news. Um, I, I know you're not. I'm just going by the place where the vote was. That's why I mentioned it. So imagine this. Imagine for six months or so you've... Going every morning to your car, started it up, done a 22-minute podcast, called it a few different names along the way, uh, the Carpool Podcast, that was bad, too many P's in that one, the Carpool, po- the, the, the carpool Podcast, the Carpool Podcast, uh, I don't even remember what the second one was, there was a second one though, and 22, Catch 22 Podcast, that's my, that's the best one, I don't know if it's the best one, what's what I'm sticking with? Um, what, the, what the hell was the one before? I don't know. But, um, so you go out every morning, and you prep, I mean, the, your day, your day leading up to it, you're, kind, you're just kind of always in the back of your mind looking for something. To, you need, like, three, four topics, minor topics to talk about, and sometimes you talk about two of them. You, you're able to, you go way too long on one of them, and end up only getting into the second one. Sometimes you talk about all, like, six of them, and... Short, like five, four or five minutes spurts. All right. And then there's a day like today when there's absolutely just nothing that interests you. I don't know. Steph Curry hit. Steph Curry had a three a three pointer from deep. How are we going to talk about that? Well, what's the conversation there? I know what basketball wise. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki just passed Wilt Chamberlain for number six all time on the scoring list. That is an impressive feat. I mean, it's a long. That's a credit to his longevity. Credit to ah, that's just a credit to longevity because I don't. He's not really. It's not like he's putting in twenty five a night anymore. I wonder what Wilt was aver- averaging at the end of his career. I should have looked that up. I wonder what Wilt's last three years, what his average was, what his, you know, was Wilt coming off the bench for a young team? <laughs> um, generally, these guys didn't. These guys today are kind of are perfecting the art of riding into the sunset. Okay, they're they don't mind taking a lesser role. They don't mind not being the focal point. It's it, at some point they they've come to understand that. And Dirk's just, Dirk's doing as fine as anybody. Dwayne Wade's doing it, and Dwayne Dwayne's maybe even a little better because he even has nights where he kind of takes over a little bit still. Um, it was like a week or two ago he took over in the fourth quarter. Of a game, and he's hitting threes down the stretch to tie to win it, and and you know that's that's a nice treat for the Miami fans who've, who've rode for him his whole career down there. I'm not sure Dirk is capable of taking over a game right now like that, but um, you know the fact that he's still out there, you know, and like I said, in, in a lesser role, that shows 
Oh, that that shows just a kind of a level of understanding that if I'm going to play this game, I, I you know just I'm not going to be the same player at twenty at thirty eight or whatever that I was at twenty three. It's just not possible. Like my peak is over. I still love this game. If I could help, like Duncan did it great too. If I could help, great. You know, and in Dirk's case, if I can be there for uh, the early Dockage years, I could kind of be his an early mentor for him or just a helping hand or guide and just kind of show him the way as a teenager coming to the league then great he sees value in that and that's um you know I'm not sure a lot of players from yesterday yeah we always talk about you know we missed the 90s hoop style and this and that but I'm not sure the players from that era are sticking around to help develop like a Luka Doncic. They look at him as like a threat, you know, to, to their career, their legacy. As uh, And, you know, that's inevitable, right? But at the same time, that's just a different mentality that uh, people might have. And even if it's, inv- even if it's inevitable, um, it's something that goddamn light even if it's inevitable it's something that your fight or flight instincts might come into play yeah I fucking know that yeah I fucking know you guys are doing that fucking pussies and that fucking train's gonna come now and you're gonna be stuck at that light so I can't I can't catch that light I can't do it I can't sit at that light back to back I guess we too anxious uh, all right. So good for Dirk. Congratulations to Dirk. Again, nothing much in the news. They re- that kid uh, who killed Frank Alley, the Gambino uh, boss, showed up in prison. He's gonna be in protective. He showed up in court. He's gonna be in protective custody in prison um, because there's been threats made against him, uh, or or they believe there's a threat against him. Because, I mean, for fuck's sake, he killed the mob boss. And of course, and he flashed QAnon and MAGA shit in the courtroom on his hand, because 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 in this world it doesn't matter what you do. You could be a murderer. You could kill somebody just for just because he won't let you go out with, with his niece. And it all comes down to what your fucking politics are. Uh, that could be maybe that's just his way of getting protection in jail. I don't know if. If, like, a white nationalist sees that he does that in court, they'll be like, look, right, this guy, he's with us, right? Maybe that's just the way of getting protection in jail. I have no idea. I mean, I can't imagine being that well prepared, though, right? You're this kid, and you go out, you're 24, you go about your life. Ah, oh, you know what? I do believe it, because I'm sure in the Internet, they t- I'm sure there's circles of the Internet that tell you, look, if you ever... If you're ever in trouble, if you ever go to jail, here's how you let people know that, you know, you're with this group and they'll take care of you. That kind of thing. And what was that the whole... Wasn't that the whole uh, premise of Oz? I forget who it was, the main character there. Didn't he get protection from the Nazis? <laughs> I mean, he was like their bitch, but he got protection from them. All he had to do was, I don't know, blow them occasionally or something? I'm not sure exactly how that worked. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who's actually who benefits from that the most. 
Jesus Christ. You got protection, but all you got to do is bowl these guys? I don't know about that. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like much of a payment plan. So, I guess it's prison, prison uh, currency there. Can be so desperate. Anyway, Jesus Christ. So I guess this guy doesn't want to be blowing Nazis. Or he does want to be blowing Nazis. I don't know, one or the other. He's either really anxious to blow Nazis or thinks by doing this he's not going to have to blow any Nazis. I'm not sure. So, I mean, of course, but of course, man, you make the news for for three days or so, everybody thinks that there's going to be a mob war in New York, like an old-fashioned, like 1980s, 1970s mob war in New York. Um, as this guy gets gunned down in front of his house, they're speculating, oh, there's it's got to be... John Gotti's brother, and if there was this car, there has to be two other cars because you can't whack a boss without having backup and this and that. But how they, how could they do it in front of the guy's house? There used to be a code. These these guys have changed, and now uh, this guy goes to jail on the lam for a few days on the Jersey Shore because I guess they didn't tell you. I guess they didn't tell you on your website that you had to, that you had to fucking ditch your car, get the fuck out of Dodge if you're gonna fucking kill. If you're going to kill somebody. They didn't fucking tell you how to handle a murder, I guess. They tell you how to get ready for jail by putting these messages on your hand or whatever. So, uh, yeah, but you can't you can't go anywhere. You can't turn your head without somebody having having to fly their flag of their political of their political beliefs. And that's the internet culture right there. That's the whole thing on the New York Times. That the the Daily did it yesterday, and there was an article about uh, that that whole thing in New Zealand, the whole thing in New Zealand, the tragedy in New Zealand. Uh, um, it was just, uh, I mean, mind blowing. Guys, guy goes into a, a place of worship and just opens fire on innocent people, women, children, adult, you know, adults. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just innocent people. And uh, the, the premise of it was the premise of this article and, uh, and the podcast yesterday was that this is something curated by the internet, basically that these these um, deep dark areas of the internet welcome these types of actions. And you know the way the way he was, uh, he said, for subscribe to this guy or whatever, and that's like an internet thing. And um, I'm not sure. If, I don't even think there's really a connection. I mean, he's offensive, the person who he shouted out, but not on this type of level, right? And, I mean, he shouts out shit that you hear in, like, chat rooms for these white nationalists, right? Um, And it's the same thing with this guy. I mean, he's putting chat room fodder on his hand as he goes to... As he goes to court. I mean, who, like, who are you, like, who are you shouting out there? Like, who do you hope sees that? Just some other fucking person holed up in his home going through these websites, is going through these chat rooms and these, in the dark web and all that kind of bullshit. Just hoping to make a group of anonymous people proud of you. I don't understand that one bit. But here we are. Here we are. Where this guy probably doesn't, probably knows people by screen names. Maybe where they're from. That kind of shit. 
that he's met in these chat rooms, uh, these message boards, and he's putting up shit that you might tag a message with. I don't know. You're trying to make, uh, I'm not even going to fucking try and make up a white supremacist screen name. Not even going to do it. Not worth it. But you're trying to shout these people out in your courtroom of parents. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. Who are you trying to impress? Ah, boy. Anyway, Jesus, I wanted to talk about... See? I was talking about it early on. You, you get There's not a lot to talk about. And I get on these little goddamn rants about some shit. I love how this lady behind me just weaving in and out. Left lane, center lane, left lane, center lane. You are well behind me. Now you're up on now you're up on my tail. And you swerve over. There's no place to go. You swerve back. You're on my tail. You're backing off now. Where the fuck are you going, lady? Okay? There's a little... I, I know I don't like it myself sometimes, but there, there's a flow to traffic sometimes that you just got to stick with. And it sucks. But you got to just fucking stick with it. You can't weave it out. You're not fucking Mario Andretti back there. All right? And I can see it from up here. Right? I can see there's a car on the left lane that's holding up every other car in the left lane. And you can't go in the center lane because it's stress the travel lane and the people are just doing what they're supposed to be doing. So you can't really pass in the right unless there's an opening. Anyway, Jesus. So Dave Gettleman talked nice, smooth transition from uh, gangland killings and internet trolls to traffic commentary to New York Giants football. Dave Gettleman got up in front of the, be- the media yesterday. And you know what? I think that Gettleman is just not good at at talking to the media. I think he just sucks at playing that game. He's just bad at it. Frankly, I don't care what he says to the media. I don't need him to be a good talker to the media. I don't need him to be charismatic. I need him to be able to... I, I, need, I need a guy who, is, who knows football and could put a team together. I just don't like yesterday he said that the Odell trade was purely a football decision. I, you could say that, but let's be honest with ourselves. It wasn't a pure football decision. You could say, look, I just wish she was honest about it. She said, look, you're not going to get a dollar back on a dollar for a talent like Odell Beckham. So you have to do the best you can. We decided to move on from him. All right. Jesus Christ almighty. For fuck's sake, man. Unbelievable. You're a fucking shitbag. All right. Just, I'm sorry. Just cursing out people on the road. You could, you could just say that. Just be honest with just be honest with the people. We know. Okay? We know. So you're not gonna get you're not gonna get everything back and when you trade out town. You need to maximize the package you get. And we thought this was the best package we can get. Okay, we liked your Bill Peppers. We think that we can either make a move at seven we could we can have a pick or make a move with the seventeenth pick and a and a nice third rounder. Um, that puts us in a good position to build our team to where we want it. Alright. Odell is a great talent. We couldn't possibly replace him. We got Golden Tate, who is a fantastic wide receiver. We have Sterling, we believe in Sterling Shepard. We believe in Evan Engram. And we have Saquon Barkley, who we believe is going to be an all-time great running back. We believe that we have the firepower on offense. We don't believe that was the problem. We believe we needed to do this, this, and this. And unfortunately, Odell didn't fit into those plans. And he's such a great talent that we were able to get back um, a package that we think will help us in the future. And if you, you don't even have to say, you could totally say, if you wanted to say, look, there's times when Odell's a distraction to the team. He's gone now. 
He passes physical, right? He's with the Browns. There's times when he's a distraction to the team, and we felt that, you know, what, knowing that, we said, well, look, do we have options here? And we found we found one that we liked, so that was it. Okay, we wish him the best, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But you can't say it's purely purely football decision. Uh, people are going to see right through that bullshit. You get these talking points, and you, I feel he writes some shit down, he writes down, like, four or five-word phrases, and that's when he, that's when he gets, gets stuck talking about and reiterating through these things, and uh, instead of sounding genuine and uh, whatever, who gives a shit if he sounds genuine? I don't care if he sounds genuine. I just want him to fucking. I don't see when he said when he said we didn't get Odell, just we didn't sign Odell just to trade him. That look, I thought Odell had another year here. Okay, I thought after the Antonio Brown thing, and you saw how he held that team. Held that team's feet to the fire. They wanted to avoid that. You don't. You can't have a um, a wide receiver who's going to cause that kind of problems. And look, Pittsburgh has other problems besides Antonio Brown. All right. Obviously, it sounds like Big Ben is an issue, and uh, Tomlin, seemingly the players' coach, is letting letting players kind of run wild. And that's been an issue for a long time, though, in Pittsburgh. Not run wild, but, you know, they take advantage of the fact that uh, he is a player's coach. And, again, I don't think it's anything too bad, minus Le'Veon um, earlier in his career and Le'Veon now uh, this past year and Antonio Brown this past year. I mean, that's not really Mike Tomlin's fault. That's just these guys trying to get paid. So that's not, I don't think it's anything to do with Tomlin. Um but maybe they're not the most, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure what it is. Is it a focus thing? Is it a discipline thing? I have no idea. But, so they have their own problems there. So it's not just Antonio Brown, but, you know, why not avoid it? Why not just say we're trying to change, we're trying to switch the culture up a little bit around here, okay? We're trying to put the best team together, not just collect the best players. I mean, that's that's the talking point, is create a team, not collect the best players. Because that doesn't always equate. It doesn't. Okay, because it's more than just your flashy wide receiver, and it's more than just your big-time um, quarterback. It's great coaching. It's great play on both lines, on offensive line and defensive line, on names you never hear. The unsung heroes of the gridiron. And here we are. Fucking March 19th, Talking football. That's just what they want. Baseball's right around the corner. The, the Yankees just signed Gio Gonzalez, a $3 million minor league contract. Gio has an opt-out if come 420. He's not on the big league club. He's welcome to, to walk away. Um, this, I mean, look, I don't love Gio Gonzalez. He's not a, he's an innings eater. He, you know, the Giants, oh, the Giants, Jesus. The Yankees need somebody to... Fill some innings, all right? They do. Brian Cashman, I should have done this. Brian Cashman, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit tomorrow, but Brian Cashman's whole view on uh, on a pitching staff, his whole pitching staff philosophy, something that's he feels like it's something that's always building. You don't need to have anything solid in there, right? He doesn't do that. He doesn't, he doesn't put together pitching staffs that you expect to... You know, they have three starters that are pitching 180 innings, okay? He puts together a pitching staff that 
he hopes can put it together by late by mid to late August and be there for an October run. Fuck, I forgot my coffee today. God damn it. That's kicking the balls right there as I'm out the door. <laughs> forgot to bring my coffee. All right, well, that's it for me today on the 22. Have a great fucking day, everybody. Go listen to the Sopranos podcast. The Untouchables featuring Sopranos was put up yesterday. I got two new episodes up there for the last two episodes. The last one was Legend of Tennessee Moltisanti. Probably the best one I've done so far. Up next is Boca, where, uh, you know, Cunnilingus and Psychiatry take to the front of the line. And uh, that's it for me. Have a great fucking day. Don't take any shit from anybody. I'll talk to you tomorrow here on the 22.